store was like the giant jug and I'm like what if this is a total fail and then we've had all we and I'm like I'm not making stuffed shells or lasagna anytime soon so I don't know what else we're gonna do with this so let's stick with something that we know we like mozzarella if it does if it goes bad we're still gonna eat that so that's where we went oh. I love that no it's just so delightful mm-hmm. so I mean so I'll, I'll, I'll relate why I like cooking this particular dish to business, right? Perfect. Uh, you could just really, truly just go into the refrigerator and see what you have in there. Thank you. It could be savory. It could be sweet. It could be berries from fresh berries, like cherries are now in. Mm-hmm. The cherry glut is crazy with oh. ricotta. And you can just, you can take stuff that you have that you probably wouldn't eat right away, just throw it together. You really cannot go too wrong, right? Yeah, if you do uh, peanut butter and mustard, you might go wrong. <laughs> but um, like this dish, I had to cook the mushrooms, but I didn't want to just cook the mushrooms. I roasted them in the oven, which I didn't have never done before. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So what this teaches me from a business perspective is looking around your business at your service offerings and just combining them into something else. Because I used to think very linear, very linearly. Yeah, I did it. It's a tough word for me. Um, and I would just go, I offer this, I offer that, I offer this, I offer, and they're just in a line, right? Mm-hmm. And then you kind of pick. Now I'm talking over food podcast. Hmm. I wonder if that'll work. Guess what? It, it works. does. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what doesn't work? Talking over food micro networking event in my house. Podcast outside, one-on-one, guess what? It works. It works. So that's the lesson that I take from from chefs and from – because chefs, if you're really working at getting better at something, food is a really good way of doing that. One, you, you have to eat anyways. Mm-hmm. Two, it teaches you how to kind of stretch yourself a little bit and be creative, which you need in business. Yep. It teaches you that – Anything can go from being plain or ordinary to extraordinary just by even presenting it on a plate differently. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Eggs are just eggs. But, hey, if you do something else with it, (laughs) um, then it could be something more, right? And that $2 egg dish could be a $12 uh, poached eggs with hollandaise over a piece of serrano ham. Right, right. <laughs> the, and the ham itself could be like twenty dollars a slice. Right. right. So, so it's just that's the that's the lesson I love about cooking. That's why I like doing the talking over food thing. That's why I like it. It can equate to so many different things. Just like you said, picking all the different things that you have. You know, working with what you've got and finding a way to make it work in a different way. Just yeah. opening up your mind yeah. more creatively, more creatively. There, I have trouble yeah. with that one. Yeah. But um, even when we did the talking over food the other day, like that was. Or months ago now, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, that was a while ago. It was a that while was ago. That was actually January. Oh, my gosh. feels like eons. But when we did it, there was just little nuances that we could pick up and everyone could apply in their business. Yeah. And you never even thought about it until someone kind of made mention of it or even just as you started that conversation, it quickly led to, oh, wow, this makes sense here, too. This could. This could actually. And <laughs> I actually have to thank um, – you know, so Phil Yonoff and and um, that group, mm-hmm. I had them in. Yes. And they actually helped me uh, understand that micro networking has its own superpowers as opposed to large group networking, right? Sure. You, you put a hundred of us in a room, you know, the Zen room or someplace here in Greenville. Mm-hmm. Everybody's gonna kind of sort of be together. Rarely do you find that honeybee that just dr- is just running between. They're usually like investment guy people <laughs> or or realtors or stuff. Those are the ones that are honeybees that just realize that they've got to hit all the, sure. the rest of us. We get in our little group and we just talk, uh, which is all right. Mm-hmm. But why not? Why not, if you're gonna do that, then why not just have a little micro networking? So that was kind of kind of like that that. Yeah. aha moment for me when I was cooking for friends and we would have these great conversations <laughs> um, 
And then some of them would join me behind inside of the kitchen and actually help cook with for everybody else. And that got even better. <laughs> so now I'm actually considering, hey, maybe, again, once the craziness stops, we get back to some level of normalcy. Right, right. right. The, um, to, to actually get that back and going and doing that. But for right now. Hey, this works. We're on the back this deck. Not too shabby. Um, <laughs> I figured out how to wait to get some air here because it's South, oh. South Carolina. And, oh, right. Uh, it's Today's a beautiful morning, but it's going to get hot. More. Well, it's funny, <laughs> it's funny you say that because I did one Monday. Yeah, I did one of these Monday at 10. And the difference between 9 and 10 Drastic. was just, I might as well just take a shower. I might as well. <laughs> Put a shower cap on me. Get some soap out of here. We were just going to take a shower. We were both swimming. <laughs> and so I had to bring out two fans, one for the table, one for him, and then yeah. one for me. And it was just but like, Monday, Monday was a hot day. It was just so humid. Oh, you could. Yeah. It was one of those just heavy air knife. days. Yeah. Yeah. Just yep. cut it with a knife. So this is cool. So, I'm so excited. Um, a, I'm glad that we got back to talk again. I know. Um, me B, too. I, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and get this thing going, and we'll just kind of – we'll. I'll produce this from a standpoint of, hey, you know, conversation was already going, but here, let's go ahead and start it and, and become a little bit more formal. So Perfect. let me just let me just start and then you can just jump in and this is going to go wherever it goes. OK, perfect. Right? I love it. But it is more about why. So you're yep. going to kind of hear me focus on that a little sure. bit. Sure. So uh, so to everybody listening, my name is Jim Sevier. I'm with The Coachable, thecoachable.com. I'm actually going to call this talking over food the podcast edition i'm gonna do that <laughs> um so matt stocking was here and you know matt, yes. matt and and jeff know each other so then matt was here he was the first one i actually cooked for at one of the at one of these podcasts mm -hmm. and the podcast is investing yourself i guess i should say that but it's probably gonna change <laughs> to talking over food the podcast edition because matt did it i cooked matt but i didn't really it was just because i knew matt loved the food that I make. Right, right. And he's and a hungry guy. And so. he's a hungry guy. He's always a hungry guy. <laughs> he said he's usually in the bushes. He's waiting for me to, to leave the door open. I don't blame him. You're an amazing chef. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. The Then Jeff comes, and I'm like, all right, well, let's formalize this a little bit. Jeff's coming. I was like, oh, I've got a tomato galette. So, boom. I sh I, and then that's when the idea, Jeff actually was the one that inspired me to go, hmm, maybe I need to turn this alter it a little bit and maybe talking over food can then come back to life because talking right. over food as we were just talking about it, just kind of went away with all of covid and right. social distancing and stuff and i thought it was dead i thought it was well yeah, that was a great idea while it lasted <laughs> all three months of it right right <laughs> um so so now you're actually so i told jeff i said he's officially the one that brought the idea forward you are technically now the first one Woo! <laughs> to actually be in the podcast called Talking Over Food. I so feel so special. Thank you. There. There. <laughs> and you were at, you're at um, not my first Talking Over Food, but I think you were at the second or the third one. Right. Yep. Right. Which was phenomenal uh, then, too. That was. That was good. Mm -hmm. So so here's here's how it works. So I'm, for, I'm, I'm talking to somebody <laughs> on the other side of the table here. Nobody knows who I'm talking to. Um, so I'm going to let you just introduce yourself and tell us what it is you do. Perfect. Well, my name is Jillian Wells, and I own, um, I'm CEO and founder of E3, which is Employee Engagement and Experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, I work with businesses on helping improve engagement throughout their business and with their teams. Um, it is a concept that some find completely makes sense and they they have their own departments for engagement and and some areas already are full on board and some areas and some businesses are like what is that exactly again <laughs> and so my conversations when I meet with people are, are very different depending on where their mindset is um, but for those who aren't that familiar um, you know employee engagement is one of the key components in really truly have a successful business um, yeah. you've got to keep your people engaged in what they're doing engaged in you as a leader um, and you're going to see morale improve, productivity improve, profits improve, mm -hmm. and just the culture overall becomes a whole different world to a place where now people are flocking to be part of your team yes. and nobody wants to leave. Okay, so let's go back um, just a little bit back in time. Know what you do now. Right. Thank you. Um, but let's go back to the beginning. Let's take this back. Let's peel the onion back maybe a couple of years. 
talk about you said you were in newscasting, right? right so why don't right. we start there and see how you got from there to here? Perfect, All perfect. Right? Yes, and I I, uh, I do have an eclectic career background, I will say. Okay. But I think as I did look back and got to where I am now is I'm like, all these pieces just played together, and that's why we'll kind of start from there. So, like I said, yeah, television news. I was a news reporter and meteorologist. I did that for about six and a half years, um, and actually it's what brought me to Greenville, South Carolina, which I love it down here. Nice. But Where um, did you come from, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, my hometown is uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Look at you. Yeah, I know a whole bunch of people from Ohio. <laughs> a lot. I'll tell you what. We don't know that some place like South Carolina exists till we get here, and then we don't go away because <laughs> it's a beautiful Cause place. Because so. it's not Ohio. That's not, not Ohio, yes. Sorry. So I actually went from Ohio to Hagerstown, Maryland, a Nice little town there. Okay. Not so great. That was where the start of the television career started. You oh, start okay. small and you work your way up. Then I got to Greenville. Um, but through that, you know, interacting with people nonstop, interviewing people, digging in, getting more information, just learning how to communicate with people on a right. really good level. Right. Um, from there, I got into sales and I actually started selling toilet paper and boxes, super glamorous stuff. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. Wow. Um, but got out into the sales world. We're obviously continuing to build relationships, right. starting from cold calling and building up clients and going through that whole process. Um, I then got recruited by one of my clients to run their new fitness facility that they were building. So I brought in, I was brought in as the Sales and marketing director. Um, oh, nice. Three months later, they promoted me to the director position. And so I then had 70 employees in a multi-million dollar facility that I was running and managing. And wow. yeah, it was it was fantastic. So it gave me that taste of that management level, how to interact with your people, how to communicate with your people. You know, did a lot of wrong things, learned a lot of things. And um, that led me then to um, being able to be a stay-at-home mom. And so I stayed at home for two years, which was by far the most challenging job I have ever to this day done. <laughs> um, most rewarding in about, uh, let's see, 10 more years. I, uh, my oldest is eight, so oh, I'm eight, yeah. six <laughs> and eight-year-old. So in 10 years, I'll be like, okay, we see the fruits of all that. But uh, it was absolutely incredible experience um, being able to stay at home. But then that opened the door. Um, my husband at the time had his own business. Mm -hmm. And... Um, always wanted like hey what can we do you can come in and do this and do that and everything sounded miserable to me I was like no that's not I don't want to do any of those things yeah. and he was the training director basically so oh, he would okay. go and train all the agents in the field that they had and um, he started recruiting and getting more people and was just swamped with that and he was like I just can't talk to more people and tell them what we do and then train them too and being from the beginning of that build that business I was there from the start of it right. so I knew exactly who they needed and what they did right. it was in my bones right I knew all the scripts that they had just from <laughs> hearing and recite them and I was like now that I can do I can talk to people all okay. day long there it is I know what you need and let's let's start that venture and so I moved in on the recruiting space for their business and helped wow. started bringing people in. And they did life insurance for first responders, so fire police and EMS. Right. And so they have agents across the country. Uh, so it was a task to take on to try and fill all the territories that they had and do all of that. And so through that process, recruiting then became into training and really being that liaison between the agents in the field because I may have someone out in California, but we're here on the East Coast. Right, right. And who's that person to talk to and bridge that gap and be there? And it literally evolved into employee engagement <laughs> through that wow. role as well. And I have been there for almost four years. Uh, my husband and I separated and divorced great terms. Um, I stayed on for another year and a half, even after the divorce, <laughs> but got to the point where I knew there was something bigger inside of me. Right. And I just, I didn't know what it was just yet, but I knew it, it needed to come out. Okay. I want to stop right there. Yeah. Cause that is the point that I think when I, as a, as a career coach, uh, business coach, sales coach, there is that moment, the one you just mm -hmm. described, there was something building up. And it's hard to put words to it. Everybody has different words for that. Right. But it is ultimately the culmination of the experiences that you've had up to that point, and then the vision. You, you turn your eyes from looking down to looking out and forward. And when you have the experience and you're not looking down at the tasks today, 
like right. at your feet. Right. A lot of people walk looking down. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why they run into poles <laughs> while they're texting. <laughs> right. But that moment, I love capturing that moment. So I want I want to go into that just a little. You're not sure. just. Gonna, I wasn't going to let you just say, <laughs> oh, you know, I just something built up inside me. I want to I want to kind of peel that onion back a little bit. Sure. You know where you know you were okay. So you were divorced amicably but just divorced right so right now do you think that had something to do with maybe i can be something else or was it just i me, help me yeah i think um it may have just been that last straw on the camel's back that you know was kind of building mm. along the time um and so many times <coughs> excuse me i had people saying you know you're everybody's cheerleader, you know, and, and agents were like, I couldn't have done this without you. And all those kind of buzzing in my ear, mm-hmm. plus my family and friends, like, you have so much out there. And, you know, just that looking ahead. Mm-hmm. But I was looking straight down. And I think maybe that moment was, okay, now I got to pick my head up mm-hmm. because I got a whole new world that I've never seen before. There it is. And, there it is. and it yeah, it really was. And that opened my eyes to something I hadn't really thought of doing ever and right. then it when it came to it and and i have to say we went we did a a 24-hour walk challenge with tom shea who was a 23-year navy seal yeah. veteran yeah and he had this challenge and it was walking for 24 hours which you may not think sounds terrible but it was it was terrible <laughs> no i can't <laughs> in, in a great it. way because i can't imagine standing for 10 hours right. in the kitchen right right you want to th- walk for 12 right. or 24 it mm. was it was tough but the whole point and the reason i did it was because i wanted to show myself i can do anything on my own i can okay. do this i can make it happen and that was another pivotal moment too to i had not started my business at that point yet but i was reminding myself or I guess building up my confidence yeah. to take that leap and do it. And so you you're kind of figuring out how this works <laughs> with me. As soon as you say something, I just Your eyes I, light I up get, and I get you really get animated <laughs> and I I kind of get um, so that that piece that teaching yourself or pushing the boundaries of yourself before jumping into mm. a lot of people miss that piece before starting a business. Sure. They miss it. Like they just go right over. They see they see that they're going to ring the bell at, you know, the <laughs> stock exchange and right. this is going to be the greatest idea ever. And they miss that one piece is is that we have to show ourselves there is more in the gas tank. There is more to us than what we are right now because being an entrepreneur is an all the time job. It is not a full time job. Right. It is an all the time job. And if you and so you doing that Doing that 24-hour walk challenge, which now you got me thinking that I don't know if he's doing it still. I just met him just recently. I, I don't think he is, but I he maybe I would really like to try <laughs> that. Um, I I've actually kind of put myself through the paces before starting my business. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it on my first job, my first business, and that failed miserably. <laughs> and then I, f- but that showed me some of the boundaries of where I could 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 perform well. Sure. But a lot of people just walk didn't mean to use that terminology <laughs> walk right over it but they they usually just miss the part that you know as, as human beings in, in our psyche in our intellect we can we can say we can do it but unless we can pr- kind of prove to ourselves right in, in some fashion right that we can overcome and do anything that we want to do that's like a that's like the epiphany moment that is just like now guess what you can do anything right i mean that you set your mind to Absolutely. You can you can climb Mount Everest. You can you can find a way to the moon. You can do anything because your mind now, that that block that wall, it's gone. It's gone. Yep. Yeah. So, thank you for that <laughs> piece because a, a lot, you know, everybody sees becoming an entrepreneur as you know I get to work from home. I can have my own hours. I can do whatever I want whenever I want. No, uh-uh. it's actually a lot more terrible than that. It's right. It and equally more rewarding too the, you know the harder the work the more emotional reward you get right hopefully the more financial reward you get certainly the days are far more interesting right well because right. your mind is on something that you have passion for right. and you're not just running through the day tasks that you did at your job that you sat there and you was mundane and yep. you didn't want to do it and yep. 
but, but it, it's almost five o'clock and then you can check out and then be done. But that's not bad either no. because some people, I mean, I mean, my wife has a very creative job, but her job has a, a routine to it because she has to make sure that movies and productions don't get sued. So there's a, there's a lot of hoops right. she's got to jump through. Same hoops every production. Luckily, the productions are different so she can get involved in that. Sure. But yeah, it's, so it's not bad that that happens. But it's different when you have that moment where you go, wait a minute, I'm looking up now. And then you you took the step that I mm -hmm. think everyone should take is do something extraordinarily difficult before you go into becoming an entrepreneur. So we'll get back now to your story, <laughs> <laughs> which was you just did this 24-hour walk challenge. Right. Oh, so I did that. And and in that and part of that was just to prove to myself that I, I could. I could do this on my own. Mm -hmm. I could get through life. I could make it happen. Wow. And, um, and shortly after that was when I finally listened to the things that I was being told constantly that yeah. you know, I, I heard, but I didn't listen necessarily. Right. right. And so I took a moment to listen and really take it in and, and have confidence in myself and maybe having that walk behind me like, hey, I, I did this and, and I, know, I know myself. I know my drive, mm -hmm. I know my determination, I know what I can set my mind yeah. to and make it happen. Um, and then taking that leap, which was super exciting and terrifying <laughs> at the same time. Um, it, and you know, it was, it was brand new for me. I had seen so many people go through it in right. different ways. And, and you may see someone in a different level of it and thinking that's what it is of, whoo, I get to set my own hours and everything is great because they've been doing I this for my comfy clothes. Right. All they're day like long. <laughs> 10 years deep in this. And now <laughs> they finally got to do that. You miss those first yeah. five years of the, oh my gosh, the grind, the nervous, like, did I do enough today? Yeah, did right. I get this exactly done? And what, you know, what else? Coming in. Right. What else can I do? Where Where can I go? What? Yeah. This isn't working. How can I shift it? Yeah. Where Where do I need to open my mind to see what I'm not seeing? Exactly. And that's those are hard things to go through. I'm in I'm in them right now. Yeah. And and they are exciting at, yeah. as well. Well, I think we're both equally blessed from the standpoint is is that my spouse has had her own business and she is a creative in her own in her own respect mm -hmm. and. Her business is at the top of its game, right? So we can bounce ideas off of each other. And I know you and Jeff are right. both entrepreneurs that way. Um, and you guys can just, it, 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 it helps when you've got that support. A hundred percent. And even if it's, it's not like in your home support, we usually, our closest inner circle are usually similar to us in that regard in the sense of maybe, maybe they're not even an entrepreneur, but they're very creative and they're very um, they're always looking for new ideas and, right. and trying to look at things a little bit differently, right? Right, absolutely. So that is that's cool. That is essential. Uh, you have to be surrounded by those types of people because <laughs> there's gonna be days when you you are <laughs> you are down at the very bottom, and then you need someone to remind you that yeah, you you can make this happen. I know, Jeff, when we when I first started my business, and you know it was exciting and everything's great, and I think maybe a week or so into it, I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? You know, this is. <laughs> This is terrifying. I don't. I made a mistake. I'm. I'm. What, what? What have I been thinking? And he sent me this um, meme, and it had like it almost looked like the the heart rate monitor. You know, a yeah. jagged line up and down, yeah. up and down. It was the life of an entrepreneur. And this is your mindset. And one day he's like, "This is the best thing ever," and the next day he's like, "What have I done?" And <laughs> and back up, back up, and back down, back up and down. And he's like, "This is okay, and this is normal." Yeah. And sometimes you just need someone to say it's okay. Yeah. It's normal. Yeah. It's part of it. But you got this. Yeah. And and that's where, you know, developing relationships, support, partnerships, different things like that are yeah. huge. And that was kind of the thing that uh, I've been in sales a lot. And I know that when you get into sales for the very first time, it really isn't about your salesmanship. It's really more about the network that you build mm -hmm. that really determines your success as a salesperson. Yes, you can be a great person, people person. But if you don't have a really strong network around you that you've developed and, and that people will want to talk about you to somebody else, right. then then your sales will happen, but it'll be extraordinarily more difficult. Absolutely. So having that support structure structure around you is really, if we can put some terminology to it that just everyday people can understand, is, is that you've got your own rooting section that are going out and and basically marketing for you. Right. And when they hear the words, 
that they know matter to you, they'll usually say, hey, wait a minute, I know Jillian, you've got to talk to her. And when that happens, that's that's when all this stuff explodes. That's when that's when you can, you know, heart rate monitor still is pretty <laughs> up and down, but it's it's a little bit it more. It stays the up blood a little pressure more. Is, is a little <laughs> bit more in, pr- in, in, in line. So, yeah, that's interesting. That is very cool. It so, is. all right, you've. Oh my God! What did I do? Oh yeah! <laughs> oh my God! What did I do? Uh, to meeting great people, right? To being introduced to great people, um, you know, being at different functions and having that opportunity to talk about employee engagement, and it is a buzzword for some, but it, it is out there, and people are either going to adopt it or they're going to sink. I hate to say it that way, but it is essential. And it's going to happen at one point or another. So sometimes, like I said earlier, those conversations are a little bit different of just opening the eyes of, hey, the importance of this. Or, hey, you realize the importance of this. What steps do we need for your company? Everybody is different. Every individual is different. Every business is different. Every business model, culture, et cetera, is different. And that's why when I can come in Mm one-on-one and dig in and really know and learn what their people are saying and feeling – then I take that information and take all that data and I draft up a game plan, there strategies, actual applications, not just, hey, you need to improve communication. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for the time. Yeah. No. How do you improve communication? Yeah. Well, here in this setting, you improve communication by actually talking face-to-face. Yeah. In this other setting, they don't need that. No. They want an email. They want a detailed yeah. outline of what they need. What are the expectations? What are the requirements of this job? You need to set those from the start. Right. You know, what does that look like? What does recognition look like? Acknowledgement. Because there are very different people. Mm-hmm. I am an outgoing, I would love to be on the stage and <laughs> recognized and have the microphone and have my time to say thanks. Yeah. That's me. Other people are like, I don't want any attention. It makes me feel mm. worse when I have that. But a handwritten note yeah. would absolutely make my day, make week, my year. Month, I'm year. never going anywhere because you took the time. Time is one thing we can never get back. No. You took the time to write down kind words about me that you think about my performance and who I am and what I've done for you. Right. Whew, I know I still have letters that people have handwritten me, yeah. and that is so meaningful. Me too. And that's where you need to know your people and getting to have that information. You may, a, as the CEO or the top exec or the manager of your team, you may know your people, but you may not know the intricacies of your people right. like you want to. Not that you don't want to, but you've got so many other things going on. So that's where, you know, when someone else can come in and dig deep and lay it out there for you. Right. It's not that I don't want to write you a handwritten note. I just didn't know that's what you needed. Well, and it's and, – and, and again, leadership – in many in many cases, you know they're they're doing a lot of rearview mirror activity, right? right? Meaning mm-hmm. that they're they're you know they're trying to make sure this is you know is processes working? Are is shipping? Is do I have supply coming in? Do I have boxes going out? You know they're into the like the day to day. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of difficult. You could just walk down the aisle with your head down, getting to a meeting, and not just make eye contact with somebody and say, hey. You know, yeah. sorry, can't talk. I got to go, but hey, and then just keep yeah. going, right? Hey, and great job. And the leaders, <laughs> the best leaders are those people, and you can tell when you're in that environment. But I I, I had a thought. So you and I met at mil- One Million Cups. Right. Um, which, by the way, was a good day. That was a <laughs> really good day. It was a great day, yes. Um, and I got to meet you. So it was a really <laughs> great day, and I got to meet you. So I made it Bonus a really, really, really good day. Bonus for me, too. Um, but one of the things that occurred to me, when I really got to understand, we met before. We had coffee before you came into the to the talking over food right. event. One of the things that was in the back of my head is you're you're talking about employee engagement, and you know, today in most organizations, uh, they call it HR, human resources. Right. Which, by the way, I would hope uh, of all the things that could happen from your business is that companies stop thinking people as resources and start thinking them in terms of engagement. Because, you know, it used to be purchasement. Now it's procurement. Right. 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 There's a strategy to procurement. There is a tactic or tactics for just buying stuff. Right. 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 HR, yeah, human resources. 
I don't want to be a human resource because <laughs> that means there are non-human resources <laughs> like machines and animals and whatever, right? right? right. I, I, but you want to, I am an employee and I, and I do want to be engaged. Right. And that to me, if, if anything, so that the idea that I had was, boy, <laughs> if there could be anything, maybe we could get rid of that HR. I think there's monocle. some, there are some great businesses Monitor. that have amazing titles, head of people heart of people, oh. you know, uh, the, uh, the heart engagement officers. And I love that. I think it's amazing oh to really. That's actually amazing. Right? It, yeah. it takes. A C-level position that's just about the heart and soul of the company. Why not? Right? Why not? And that, uh, to me, that's essential. Wow. And I think businesses are shifting slowly. It's the Titanic turning. You know, it's not a little dinghy that's going to take. Well, we know all about that. <laughs> right? Recently, recent events in March. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, it takes It takes a while for people to, to kind of shift. Right? Exactly. Exactly. But um, I think when they realize that, it will come more and more. And again, a and just to kind of talk on the HR side of things, HR does amazing things. And the, the thing with most HR businesses or, or businesses themselves or that department is they have a million things on their plates. They are dealing with payroll, mm. hiring, firing, exit interviews, interviews. They're doing insurance. recruiting, insurance, yeah. benefits. Benefits, They yes. are doing any complaints that come their way. There are so many things that fall under that umbrella that, again, it's not that they don't want to be engaged. And I have met with other businesses that are an HR business. Mm -hmm. um, I work collectively at one of my clients. They had a separate HR company that did their payroll and stuff like that and had someone that, you know, was there for their employees as well for complaints, et cetera. And she and I had a great collaboration and wow. the talking piece. And she was like, I love what you do. I would love to do it too. We just physically can't there's not enough time in the day so it's not that they don't have that heart so there's they, that opportunity that opportunity is there yes that door is totally wide open um it just wow. needs to yeah and you need to have the right person in there as well too do you find it difficult for that understand i mean obviously you're talking to somebody who has a thousand things to do in their job hr obviously leaders have that times 10 right right um it seems it when you talk about what you did to me the very first time, I was just like, wow, why aren't there <laughs> like a thousand of you, like there is a thousand of me coaches out there, mm -hmm. everybody who's a mm -hmm. coach for something, but why isn't there that, right? Because, I mean, I went on Google, which is your research, because I wanted to understand who you were and what you did and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff after we met and bef getting prepared for this interview and understanding that. And I'm sure there are a few people, uh, there are probably a whole industry right. for you, but it's interesting that I just ran into you. And the reason why I say that is, is because I have been in sales, worked with large corporations, large HR departments and corporations, Fortune 500, one Fortune 100. Mm -hmm. um, and again, everybody was looking down, right. not looking out. And it seems like what you're doing is you're showing leadership, HR professionals and employees how to look ahead because I would think that that would be where engagement happens, right? Absolutely. That That is my goal. Right. <laughs> and it's a lofty one because you're right. There is not a lot of it out there. Uh, but I think people, like you said, everyone's HR, human resources. We've been stuck in that term. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to take a little shift of mindset. And life happens. Different things happen that cause the shift. Right. And um, – you know, I do my research as well, and there are so many articles and stories and surveys about employee engagement and the importance of it and the uh, benefits of it right. that I think the shift is coming. It's just slow moving, so I feel like a steward a little bit in this. There you <laughs> go. All right. That's all right. <laughs> Which, uh, not to take any accolade on that, but I like the idea of bringing this idea to fruition so and making it happen. Then let's talk about that for a second because let's talk about the value of what it is that can come from this. Because in my business, when I'm talking to sales teams, you know, 80% of the revenue comes from like 80% of 10% of the sales team, People, right? right? So the most of the revenue comes from like the, the two or three top performers. And then, and what I tell a sales organization is, I don't want to train those people. In fact, I don't want them in my training. They're doing a great job. They have everything that they need to get. So I don't want them in there. 
I want those ones that are on the bubbles that are you're just about ready to fire, right? They're right. they're just they can't seem to get it because if I take a person who's one of the top performers who's already like nine points out of 10 by me getting them to the 10 isn't going to really change the numbers right but if i can change just three on the bubble salespeople and take them to where they are now actually just achieving quota that number of where they're at now to achieving quota that could be five ten twenty percent more margin for that business and all i have to do is affect three people all i really have to do is affect one right but three and so I would imagine the data that you've collected, mm -hmm. you know, once you get employees engaged, I mean, you've got to see certain things happen inside of an organization. So talk about talk about some of the actual tangible things you've seen once you've gotten through this process and started talking and working with uh, employees and, and helping them get engaged. Perfect. And leaders. Yeah, right. One of the biggest things in, in that piece is accountability. <laughs> and that's where when what I normally do is once I go through the data analysis, I present here's the areas of change, here are the actual tactical strategies of how to do it, how to implement it, how are we going to go through that? And that's a, a leadership meeting, usually a right. work a one day workshop right, at yep. least, right. uh, depending how big the company is. But spending the day going through what each of those mean, how we can implement it. And I like to lead the conversation, but it's their business. I want their input as well. Right. So I let them throw out ideas so it feels like it's also their baby that right. they're doing. You know, I can lead that conversation, and I know where I need it to get to, uh, but I want them to, them to be equally engaged because you don't right. do something unless you're engaged and wanting to do it. Right. So that workshop is really pivotal. But from that point, a lot of times people just, we had this great workshop, we're all fired up, and two days later, forget mm. everything that <laughs> happened. I'm like, uh, yeah, that's Same over. I'm super busy. I forgot all that stuff. So that's where with what I do with businesses is I stay on in a retainer se setting, you know, oh, okay. for monthly, month to month, basically, for as long as it is needed. I am not I'm there to hold your hand, but I'm going to let your wings fly. I, w I want you right. to take this, make it a habit, make it who you are, because that's how it's going to continue well, to go on. <laughs> so. But that's where I have to be. And it's again, depending on what level someone is, yeah. it may be a weekly conference call or weekly visit. Or th and then that goes to bi-weekly and then it goes to once a month to I'm weaning them off, you know, but they have to get into that rhythm of doing it. And until they're held accountable, it's not going to happen. Right. And so, again, that's where I can come in as that piece of let me do and hold you accountable to things that you said you want to do right. because it's important to you because your people are important to you. Yep. And oh, by the way, guess what happens? The bottom line is slowly increasing and yeah. that makes everybody happy. Yeah. Nobody's sad about that. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody morale is boosted, productivity is boosted. It's now a fun place to be or a buzzing place to be at work. Um, I know how to talk to my people. I know how to best you know, uh, assign jobs or projects or what that looks like because your wheelhouse is over here and this one was yeah. over here. It, it just makes everything so much more cohesive. It's like all the gears are moving now in the right direction, which is what any business already wants. Yeah. And that's, I think, kind of going way back to the start of this conversation, I saw that in what I was doing with my agents right. on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Yeah. And I saw the need for it and I saw the lack there of uh, it yeah. and so that's where I was like you know what this is so so important and it can make a huge difference just like you changing those three people yeah. it can make a giant difference in a few small absolutely practical tactical things right and it's not hard it really isn't it's just actually doing it well you've also mentioned you also mentioned a few times about it makes you know the the, the vibe or the energy of the company raises mm -hmm. um, and I know for a fact that it when you get a sales organization really amped up and really happy that they're hitting on all cylinders and they don't have any of these barriers to overcome internally mm -hmm. that they can just sell and be what who they are people to people uh, in front of people talking to people but what really that does and you mentioned it just quickly uh, wait oh maybe it was in the first recording <laughs> but you mentioned it that it it attracts better people Right, so Absolutely. you get top talent, and 
that to me, when I talk to leadership mm-hmm. and they're trying to say, okay, well, what's the value of what you're delivering? And I said, you will now be able to attract somebody you haven't been able to attract because they don't want to be in this chaotic sell selling environment you've got. If we can just improve this, right. then think of the person that has told you no. Now that person will say, hmm, maybe, let right. me come in, let's talk, right? Because it's, you, you can say, you know, baseball team or sports analogy-wise that a team is made up of multiple players with different talents and skill sets and everything, but you kind of do want that person that can get up to the plate and hit a home run. Right. A few, <laughs> like one out of three <laughs> or four times, right? Because right? that just changes the momentum of the entire game. Absolutely, right? yeah. Uh, and it affects the team and all that kind of you got to have a LeBron James. You've got to have somebody like that. Yeah. Um, and that's the value that I saw when I would improve inside of a sales organization. But if you're, if you're talking about the entire mood of a company, you can tell the moment you walk in what the mood is. Oh, absolutely. I As mean, an outsider. You can cut through <laughs> like, like a South <laughs> Carolina. Human day. Human absolutely. Day. We talked about that earlier. Yes, a- absolutely. And that can be super positive when you walk in and you're like, yeah. oh, my gosh, this place is incredible. Mm-hmm. I What do I need to do to get in here? Yeah. And then everybody that's in there is like, we're never leaving. Yeah. So they need to open a new division for you to get in here. But they're, they mm-hmm. are not going. That retention stays high. They're excited. And like you said, that mo- momentum is electric. Yeah. And it will power the sales department mm-hmm. to the production department to the shipping department yeah. to whoever. And it goes around the whole thing. And eventually your clients. Exactly. And the that is that the other bigger piece yeah. is always looking at – you know, we're, we're talking about client engagement and how can we engage my clients? Well, if I'm not engaged with what I'm doing, how can I, how can I engage them? <laughs> you know, like how can I want them to want my product if I can't stand what I'm doing? Oh, look at the time. Yeah. I got to go. Right? <laughs> it, it's, yes. it is so much bigger, really. You start yeah. with inc- employee engagement. Okay, great. We're doing a few things, improving recognition, communication. Okay, great. Sales are improving. That's great too. But at the very biggest level, that client engagement now is through the roof. So wow. what does that mean? Yeah. Referrals. Yeah. Oh, we're getting clients that I never thought yeah. because, like you said earlier, now they're talking about you yeah. to other people. Yeah. You have generated all of this by doing a few simple things. It's like that snowball effect. Yes. And it's, I, I don't know if you can well. tell, I get fired up about <laughs> it. Like no, I'm it's so excited. And it's coming across, and I love that about this I, because – so anybody that's listening, you can't see her almost <laughs> jumping out of her chair when she's talking about this, but you can tell because it's coming across your voice. But again, the value, the value to a business is, you know, I, I, I talk to a lot of s- leadership at, at in a lot of different industries inside their sales department, outside their sales department. And there's almost this defeatism, like this is just who we are. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, we got, we got this argument going on over here where people are actually physically, I mean, pushing each other and arguing and, yep. and, and then, then I've got, and as a leader, I think you just sort of accept that this is, these are the children that I have, that right. I have created, right? And I always tell every organization, you have the sales team you created. True. Right? Oh, yeah. So, and trying to get them to, to account for it. But at, at a point, what you're saying and what you're doing is is you're peeling the onion back and you're saying if we just begin with just getting the employees to engage with their own internal strengths right. and helping to match those strengths to what they're either doing in that job or maybe m- slightly pivoting them into another one mm-hmm. that is better suited for them, right. that activity a- in the slightest way, I don't think anybody's going to notice at the leadership level. Eventually, you do it enough, and enough people are doing it. Right. Then it's almost like a crescendo of an orchestra as they're starting to kind of get ready to start presenting and, and, and start playing and stuff. You hear, you know, maybe one or two instruments, and then they all just kind of crescendo to the because that is really what we're talking about. I just got goosebumps. I did. I was just going to say you just gave me the chills because that is exactly what it is, and it. It is exciting when you can see that happen. Yeah. And, you know, speaking with leaders, they're always looking about the ROI. Right. I like to call it ROE, return on engagement. <laughs> exactly. What are you getting out of this? Yeah. And and yeah. that's that's 
it's not something that you see immediately, but it's something that you, like you said, all the pieces coming together and then suddenly that gradually that crescendo of everyone all at once and together. And it's, it's amazing. And, and through the process too, there's a lot of, you know, leadership training that needs to go on because yeah. sometimes, oftentimes I'll say in businesses, it has started with, okay, I started as the, the mail guy yeah. in the mail room and I worked my way up to sales and now I'm the sales manager. And, but I've never managed people. I am a great salesperson, but I'm not a great manager perhaps, you know, and developing yeah. and un understanding those things. And then also as a leader learning, like you just said, learning the, the strengths in each of your people, mm -hmm. because you have to, as a leader, be ready to hand over the reins and trust and that, turn your shoulder. And that they're going to do the job because, yeah. and I like to say it this way, you know, as a leader, you, you pick this person. You brought them on board. You hand-selected and chose them to be part of your team. Right. So now it's time for you to let them grow and let them excel in the way that they can. Right. You know, some people work through this whole COVID-19. Working remotely has been amazing yeah. for people. I'm a huge proponent of working remotely. I think it's great for people who can do it. Now, people, some people cannot do it. Yeah. And I think some people have realized that as well. But that's where you set a level of expectations. And if you don't meet those expectations, then we got to reel it in and do something different. Right. And that's okay, too. But finding what is the best way. I am a list person. I love to write a list. I have Post-its everywhere. That's just how I operate. I have lists in my phone. But I feel like if I have that Post-it and I can check it off, like that's how I operate best. Jeff? is not a detailed person. A <laughs> list is like, what is this annoying thing beside me? <laughs> so everyone, uh, he is super macro-minded and he does everything very differently. Yeah. But he gets the job done. I yeah. get the job done. We just do it differently. Do differently yeah. And being able as a leader to say, okay, I trust that you're going to do this job. I know you have the capabilities. It may not be the way I do it, but it's going to get done. That trust that just was generated there. Yeah. What is that? Oh, my gosh. I am never going anywhere. I'm so loyal to you because yeah. you believed in me. Yeah. You gave me this. You trusted me. Again, that morale boost, the culture overall, that it just all continues to mm. snowball. And eventually becomes so loud that everybody hears it, your clients, other people, potential you know, prospects, you know, employment right. prospects, everybody hears it. And it's, you know, I can, you know, been we've, Laura and I moved here about nine years ago. And you can tell some of the businesses in town who have that building of, hey, wow, every time you hear somebody talk about that company, everybody's talking very positive. Right. And you can also hear, because I, I, I like to at least work out of a coffee shop once a week. That's been my, and that's been like the, the, the hardest part of COVID I'm not for being me. able to do that. <laughs> oh. like, I want to, <laughs> I got to get over to Barista Alley and Greer. I got to go. I got to go. <laughs> um, but when I get there, part of my, almost the first thing, grab a coffee, sit down, pretend like I'm working, and I just start listening. Oh. Just so that I can kind of hear what is the tempo, what is the, how are people responding? Because you usually get people that are meeting there for a business, you know, they're the salesperson and the sales manager. That's, I love those meetings because <laughs> I can see them coming a mile away. Um, and then, or just two or three people talking about an idea and all that kind of stuff. And and that's when I gauge, you know, how how's Greer doing, right? I, how many of those conversations are going on? Are they positive? Are they negative, right? Right, right. And that kind of tells you the heart and soul of where you're living, too, right? So, uh, but it usually only takes me a moment when I first walk in. And I, you can tell the mood of the room. Yep. <laughs> right? Oh, um, yeah. But for now the last nine years uh, going here, and then Barista Alley has only been open now. Uh, little little shameless plug for Barista Alley. <laughs> if you're not familiar with it, go to it. It's great. And Greer, downtown Greer on Poinsett. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, when you when you get into that environment of and seeing that type of activity, um, how how do you? <laughs> this is a long way around the lake to get to the point. <laughs> Sorry, it's kind of how I work. I don't just jump in the water. Um, so. How could, how could a, you know, we're talking businesses, sure. but I mean, how could the city of Greer, the city of Greenville, the city of Spartanburg, the city of Fountain Inn, the city of Simpsonville, you know, they're having their own set of engagement 
issue. Right, right, right. right. Um, uh, we don't just jump in the car and have an exciting thought that we can go <laughs> to downtown Spartanburg. Right. Right. Who does that? Right. Right. Now, I'd never had that thought about Greer, too, but guess what? They're repaving the whole thing. They're making it a pedestrian-friendly environment. They're putting brick in. They went to Amsterdam to kind of get the idea to make it look like Europe. Because right. It's revitalized. Guess who, guess who are the three biggest companies in Greer? Michelin, French, <laughs> BMW, German, Mitsubishi. So these, they're, and then you got the port of the... Port of Carolinas or whatever the inland port, right? Which is FedEx and everybody else. And they got all these. They got all these international people, and they decided to make their why a not South Carolina <laughs> downtown make it international. I don't. I don't know whose thought that was, but I. It was a genius it. thought. But you got to do stuff like that, so right? Now, when you're trying to engage people, I mean, you're trying to. You have to start somewhere, and I know you said you do a lot of interviews, right? Um, is there something or things that you? are seen most often or the things that you think need to be addressed first or is there like usually and, and if I'm understanding is there your a question, low hanging fruit usually there? yes a and this I do a lot of listening as well right. especially in networking events when I'm talking to someone or learning what their business is and you can hear the pains in people's voices and so that usually opens up a door but when I am in a business usually and this is across the board for relationships friendships businesses cities Communication. Okay. Communication is probably the very biggest thing that everyone struggles with. Excellent. Right. So well, not excellent that it's good, but excellent that we got that out. Yeah. I and that is, again, a level of understanding how to communicate, what you want to communicate, and what you expect. Got it. And those are three really big things um, that I always see. And they, that those pieces change, but the idea of communication is a big one. Okay. Uh, the other thing that I see a lot of is, you know, acknowledgement or recognition. Okay. And and that's just yeah, you again, see that a lot. Yeah. Peop lot. People want to feel important or th you know, they think of as much time as you spend working, mm -hmm. you know, uh, or you know, an employee will be at their business away from their husband or wife, away from their children, maybe they're missing a birthday party or an event or something like that and they're working. And they feel like, why am I even here? Right. But if someone were to say, I know that you did not have to come in today, but I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Exactly. Guess what? I'm cool. I'll work the rest of the day. You know, it, and, and I'll tell you, the statistics show it takes seven. You have to go through seven negative comments before you believe one positive comment. So I say that as in if you are a leader and you say, hey, you're doing a great job. You're like, I told everybody they did a great job. No, you have they have seven negatives in their head already right. that you have to overcome. Yeah. So one positive is not going to get there. Yeah. You have to do it seven times more. Yeah. And and so that's just when to just, just to be to a even. parody. Just, yeah, to, just yeah. to be a parody. Just to be even. So, you know, some people think that's interesting. I say it all I the time. I do that. Yeah. And, you know, like, well, I I. I say it all the time. Well, you may feel like you say it all the time, but you may have said that this morning. Hey, good to see you this morning. Have a great day. Great. And then they get an email that was like, why are the sales numbers down? What did you do this week? Where's everything going? You know, uh, why don't I have this on my desk? Whatever. That one thing you said this morning is like last year now. It's long gone. So you have to constantly remind yourself as well that, you need to be repetitive with that because the negatives last far longer. And and I'll use this example. So I did. I was a meteorologist. Okay. So I did the weather, and every time I would meet somebody, I'd be like, "Oh, you're the meteorologist." They always get the weather wrong. And I would I would joke about it. I would be like, "I can get the weather right for ten days in a row, and one <laughs> wrong day, and all I do is get it wrong." Same exact thing, only on the flip side. So that's exactly what it's like. The oh negative always, always outweighs the positive. So <laughs> take it for what it's worth. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> because it's so true. I, 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 again, I, I can see that in, in the salespeople that I'm coaching. I can give you all the great advice, and then you can do one thing wrong that I told you, and maybe it wasn't the right thing for you. And then the anything else I say to them, they're just like, ah, hands up, hand in the air. Talk right. To, talk to them. See you. <laughs> And it's just that, yeah. Um, all right, we've kind of we've kind of talked around a lot of different things, so yeah. let's bring it in. Um, I'm looking. Yeah. 
Let's bring it. Let's bring it in. Perfect. Um, how how do you see the next the next year for you? Now let's. We talked about why you did everything. Oh yeah. We talked about what you do and the value that it brings, and you know the some of the key things that you constantly are coming against and that a business could actually improve and really do something amazing with. Now, right. all that being said, look, cast your eyes just a little bit higher. What's what's just over the horizon for you? Is sure. there, I mean, there has to be because you're an entrepreneur. Right, so you're right. always thinking right, that way. Right, right. So. Well, I am hopefully thinking things will get a little bit more normal around here once we can kind of get settled, but that isn't. Good luck with that. Look, I know, <laughs> looking ahead. Um, but I, uh, growth obviously and and more clients um i actually just um partnered up with a company called hillstock associates oh, cool. and they do all technical um programming and training uh particularly with healthcare systems and oh, okay. um, yeah different areas like that and we just connected at one million cups and uh Lori hillstock who, who owns the company and and just you know like-minded people right and we got to talking and she's like you know i don't do anything that you do and i'm like well i don't do anything that you do <laughs> and she's like but i am constantly in and amongst employees and people that i hear a lot of things we're going through the listening thing there it and is. she's like and i love what you do and i would love to refer you among people so having a relationship like that and a partnership like that already is where i see some growth coming on in addition to my own conversations yeah. um but the whole idea of working remotely has really opened a lot of doors to that start those conversations about COVID. as well. Yeah. Yep. So um, a lot more conversations, obviously finding more and more ways. I'm trying to be as creative as I can, and right. I'm open to any and I all ideas that come <laughs> out of my way of, of how to do that. You know, it was really challenging with being a with the, my kids, six and eight. I had to have them at home for right. for nine weeks of e-learning, yeah. Yeah. and that pretty much squashes any business that happens because I promise you. The second, you, they may not need you for anything, but the second you pick up a phone, uh, they suddenly need you to tell you the most important thing that they found a rock outside or something crazy like that. And I love my boys I with mean, all my I heart, but, but yeah, so I had to yeah. kind of put a stop, a hold <laughs> on life and things yeah. till we got through that. Um, so it's kind of just ramping back up, but you know, through partnerships and more conversations, um, getting to meet more people. And again, my part of my goal is really educating people and I think once people have that education and they see the importance of it, right. just like eating healthy, people see the importance of it. Maybe yeah. they're not going to do it, but then they hire a personal trainer. Yeah. That's kind of where I kind of come in. You know, like there you, go. you bring right. me on and you know the importance of it. You just don't know the right steps to get yeah. there. It's yeah, not what's like my routine. Yeah. Like, how do I get into this? How do I do it? Right. And when someone is telling you what to do, it's so much easier. I, I yes, mean, it is. I, w <laughs> I work out all the time, but I love when. You know, if I take a class or I have a workout already outlined for me, then right. I don't have to think about it. Because sometimes leaders like to be told what to do, too. <laughs> yes. Sort of. In a different way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not like told what to do, but they like no. to have some structure given to them as well. Well, again, I if you're a leader, you, you don't usually get there without the ability to listen to some degree. Agreed. Right. Agreed. So, well, thank you very much. Thank Joanne. you. This has been great. This has this been, been has wonderful. Been awesome. Um I'm really looking forward to playing this one back because there was just so many things that I want to. I I, I think that there's th there is an element of what you do that um, translates into a lot of different types of entrepreneurial positions. Absolutely, like coaches as an example. For sure. I mean, obviously, that's all I do is talk to people. I really after after the after the after the recording stops i really want to talk to you a little bit more about uh, interview style and interview tactics i have my own i've never really been an interviewer other than the fact that you know i've i've talked to a lot of salespeople right. in my day and a lot of customers but i mean but i'd like i'm probably going to pick your brain now for sure because um i want to improve this experience Right. Now, feeding you is probably not a bad idea today. But I actually will I think never say no to food, and your food in particular, Jim, because well. it's absolutely amazing. But feeding yeah. is always a good idea. <laughs> People well, love food. <laughs> I, uh, you know, uh, I had one of the gentlemen that was at one of my first talks, the first Talking Over Food event, and we were at another networking event, 
that Matt Stockton put on, uh, Color Hammer, <laughs> where Jingles plays there. Um, and the gentleman, I said, so, and somebody was came up to me on the side while I was talking to Joel, the guy that was uh -huh. in the event. And this guy came up to me and he goes, so what do you do? You're a, you're a coach? And I, and I said, yeah, I've got this little event called Talking Over Food. And the guy's like, talking over food? And I said, yeah, you'll remember things more if you're having a conversation over food. It's just the way we, we're wired True. that yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. And the conversation will be much more relaxed. As soon as you put a piece plate of food, it's, it's neutral. We could be enemies. You put down food, we're, all, we're just going to eat. Right, right. We might right. throw things at each other. But <laughs> but so we're having that conversation, and the guy, you could see that he wasn't sold on the whole talking over food event. And I said, hang on a second. Joel's at my very first talking over food event. Joel, tell me what you remember about that event. Joel went to extraordinary detail, talking about the food, talking about the preparation. He went into how gorgeous the house is inside. We had a professional designer come in and, and paint and wow. redo everything. He goes, he goes, and then we talked about this business. And he was going on for almost like 10 minutes. And wow. I had to stop him. And I looked over at the guy. And I said, do I have to say anything else? <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like, you get it? Talk. Yeah. We're going to have to talk. And I said, yeah, over food. Exactly, right. exactly. So, um, but thank you for this. Absolutely, thank you. Thank you for enjoying the food. Yes, I it was delicious. I always like that. As a <laughs> chef, I always like that. Um, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next is is that I'm going to give this over to you, let you take it, let you go with it, do what you want. It'll be an embed code, and then you can put it into your social media as a link, or you can put it onto your website, whatever you want to do. Perfect, thank you. In six months, you're coming back. Woo, yes. All right. Yes, I Maybe love it. Maybe sooner, depending upon timing. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. And if there's something that happens that you really want to talk about, you got my number. Perfect. You know where I'm at. I do. I love it. Well, again, this is Jim Sevier with The Coachable, and I, I am here with Jillian of E3. E3. All right. Yes. I just want to make sure. Sometimes <laughs> I, I, I get that wrong. Um, and this, is, this has been now Talking Over Food Podcast Edition. I'm going to make that official. And just in the nick of time, as it seems like a plane's flying right. over. Right. Good, so good, good timing. Good job. Good timing. Thank you very much, Jillian. <laughs> thank you. It's been awesome. Thank you.